Welcome to the Suburbs. I'm Kim. I'm Juice. And, and this, this is, is Suburban Pod. Pod. We're just two bougie Negroes trying to figure out how to express our blackness in white spaces. Follow us on Twitter at Suburban Pod. And follow us on Instagram at Sub underscore Urban Pod. All right, enjoy. I wish I could get like tipsy. Yeah. Like tipsy would be like, <laughs> like when I get tipsy, it's just like, this is normal. Like, right. Turn tipsy and said, it's just like, all right, we're getting there. <laughs> but like, I was fucked up the other night, but it was a different fucked up. Cause it wasn't just pound, pound, pound. It was like the distance. What other night? Monday. Oh, that Monday. Oh, like yeah, cause no. we drank the wine and then it just kept the wine. I think is what sent us over the edge because by the time i got home i was like whoo right i walked in the door i was like god <laughs> that was intense and i felt it the next morning too it's like damn yeah luckily i didn't have to go until like four so i was good well no i was off that day yeah was i off last Tuesday? no <laughs> i was not i think i worked a double anyway but yeah um game started off like it was gonna be a good game and then it wasn't <laughs> yo that lsu team might be one of the greatest teams i've ever seen yeah god yeah absolutely and joe burrow has big dick energy <laughs> and that shit is funny as fuck because that nigga is just swaggy as fuck and odell beckham decided to just go ahead and was, that nigga was on coke act like he was still playing for the team right like get your alumni ass right <laughs> you an old head now nigga right <laughs> Bruh, I know it's homecoming, but damn it, man, you gotta calm down. <laughs> it's straight how old heads be on fucking uh, homecoming. Odell, uh, what? I'm sorry. I was just talking about sports. Like, who else had a? Um, what else was a big game? The Titans game. Yeah. Um. Derrick Henry walked in that bitch like he was the baddest bitch on earth, and that's like was- the man when he walked through. Man, I was like, man, this nigga is cold, and they straight lost that game. <laughs> I was like, he gonna kill somebody? Nope. Oh, um, it's something about that Chiefs team. Like, no matter how much they down, they just like, we gonna win this shit in the third and fourth. And though. it's crazy. <laughs> it's so crazy. And um, who else? Both the uh, NFL games were the Forty Niners and the um, Packers. Yeah. All the teams I wanted to get in the Super Bowl or I was cheering for lost. Just failed miserably. I'm a Saints fan, so that went terrible. So many people were pulling for the Cowboys this year. Man, fuck the Cowboys. (laughs) (laughs) I hate the Cowboys. And their misery is always funny as hell to me. I saw y'all. I saw that tweet where you were just like, name something that you hate about a basketball player for no reason. Right. (laughs) Mine is Jason Terry. Yeah, you said I saw. Who's who is your sports person that you just hate, regardless of anything? Mm. Sports person that I just hate. Um, 
You are centered perfectly. In this it one. used to be LeBron because I just feel like he was such a baby on the court sometimes. Like he was just so exaggerative with every little foul and like. Gotta sell it, baby. Gotta sell it. It's like, damn, nigga, we know you're the king, but calm down sometimes. Um, I don't know who it is. It's not LeBron anymore, but I think that's just because I've come to like him more as like a person um, with all the stuff that he's been doing for the community and stuff. But. As far as just like a football player that I just, or basketball player, or any sports player that I hated for no reason. Um, I hate Tim Tebow. <laughs> yeah, he's easy to hate with his Bible thumping ass. Um, I'm trying to think the most irrational person I hate. Because I hate Jason Terry because I'm a LeBron fan. And like that is the cockiest six man of all time. Who is somebody I irrationally just hate? Anthony Davis, just because that nigga ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you don't like the Count Chocula unibrow? That nigga ugly, man. Some people think he's attractive. He looks like an anamorph. <laughs> That's the throwback. Oh, man. The anamorph books used to go hard. <laughs> Didn't it? They used to have the embossed book covers where you could like touch it and mm-hmm. it felt like. Like it felt like some space age shit. Yeah, it did. Bro, I saw a clip randomly from like 1996 Will of Fortune. That shit looked like it was in the fucking 70s. And I was like. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's how the 90s looked? Will of Fortune was so 70s for so long. It was, I don't, man. They didn't upgrade it for a long time. And I guess I got used to the new set and I was like. Yeah, I always assumed it looked like... No, it didn't. Mm-mm. Man, they've been having Vanna White host, and my mom, who is a diehard Will of Fortune person, has been hating it. She's like, she's just not good. What? Because I guess Pat Sajak had like a surgery or something. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, hmm, I don't know if I could see Vanna White really taking over for Pat Sajak. And being like the same energy. Nah, it was it was bad. Different vibe. Man, all our uh all our hosts are retiring or going away. Yeah, and um Alex Trebek is battling pancreatic cancer. Yeah. Stage four. Right. Man. Did you see them throwbacks of him in the seventies with that afro no. and that tan? Somebody was like, He looked like my uncle Junior. <laughs> <laughs> Why does everybody have an Uncle Junior? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, how do we all get together and be like, yep, everybody's going to have Uncle Junior? Oh, I meant to tell you. So Rocket City Craft Beer is about to start doing retro video game night on Tuesdays. Ooh. Oh, no. The next Tuesday that I'm off, we should go. I am down. We should go. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn, his hair was that dark? Mm-hmm. He even got so salt and peppery that I just... Always assumed. Damn, wow, yeah. He looks like Colombian almost. Good afternoon, that, that my octoroon. <laughs> <laughs> that stash got him looking a little ethnic. I know. They said that... <laughs> They had a clip where they asked him, how did he get involved with the United Negro College Fund? He said, they came to me. <laughs> and I, was thinking, I didn't choose the thug life. I know. 
These Negroes came up asking, was my, uh, was I they Uncle Junior? Yeah. Aw. Game shows, they were like pretty big when we were younger. Yeah. Like I feel like they've fallen off now. Like yeah, Price now, is right and like. I don't know. I do like the idea when I'm off on a weekday, I can hit up Price is Right, even though Bob Barker ain't there no more. What's your favorite? Mine is Family Feud because just. Steve Harvey is. He's was just, built for that. Yeah, he's that a shit. nut. He makes everything stupid. You said what? <laughs> <laughs> that Godfrey impression of Steve Harvey is funny as fuck. Because he make fun of like the country that's in it. Oh, have I seen that? Like, this show ain't going to be about shit. We just going to show each other shit. <laughs> <laughs> The way he do his mouth. <laughs> 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 he is too good at that. <laughs> Somebody is weak, bro. I feel like that's how our podcast be. Every I'm just losing it. (laughs) (laughs) He even got the mannerisms down and everything. perfect i wish i could fucking do impersonations i know like that shit that was perfect that should be having me dying though but yeah steve harvey is perfect for family feud that's really all we got left nowadays family feud um what's the one wayne brady host in the daytime it's one oh, i can't remember the name of it i can't either is it let's make a deal yeah Let's make a deal. It um, comes on after Price is Right. Yeah, I was about to say Price is Right, but that's not it. <laughs> you would think I'm a, similar. I, Jeopardy is probably my favorite just because I'm a nerd, like a trivia nerd. Yeah, Jeopardy was always fun to watch. Um, Bro, you are centered perfect in this room. <laughs> <laughs> like, I used to love it. watching. Uh, oh, yeah killing it <laughs> like, <wait. laughs> call now for your free tenor reading <laughs> uh um i used to love um who wants to be a millionaire what else what's the one with the um with the briefcases. Deal or no deal. Deal or no deal. I used to like deal or no deal. Um, what's the one with the mean old lady? They used to be like, uh she was like German or something. Like where she, 
where if you got the wrong answer, she would just be extra as fuck. It came on when we were kids. What was it? What network was it on? It was like on NBC. It was like a primetime like show. What was it? Mm-mm. You say German old lady. I'm thinking about what's her name from uh, Dr. Sue. Sex with Dr. Sue. <laughs> What was the show called? Uh, Dr. Ruth. Yeah, Dr. Ruth. (laughs) What was it? Oh, Weakest Link. That's what it was. Oh, Weakest Link. Link. I don't know if she was German. She might have been British. You know, when you're a kid, you think. (laughs) You'd be associating the wrong shit. I know. (laughs) I think she's German. Damn. Um, Game shows. So thing of the past. I heard they're bringing... um, like all the Nickelodeon game shows back, like Legends of the Hidden mm-hmm. Temple and all that. Yeah. They're going to have some primetime ones, and I think they're going to start redoing them again. You know, Rugrats is on Hulu. All the Disney shit, I mean, all the uh, Nickelodeon shit's on Hulu. Hmm. Doug. Uh, I think Doug. What is it? I mean, I used to love Doug. Hey, Arnold. Oh, yeah. Hey, Hey, Arnold was out here listening to jazz. Jazz. He was a jazzy ass nigga. Right. He's like, man, this kid got swag. Arnold probably was going to, not probably. Arnold was a fucking white ass hotep. That's what Arnold was. Because they did, they used to do like poetry shit. Yeah. Man, hey, he was. He was a hipster ass fucking dude with his token black friend. I know he had a dap and everything. Gerald in the high top. Man, Gerald was the storyteller too. He's like a griot. He just like he's the keeper of all children legends. Arnold is somewhere today with a mixed kid <laughs> <laughs> and probably some dreads. I think that's what he had. That's why his hair was sticking out like that. <laughs> of white people dread <laughs> arnold is like uh the travis kelsey of uh nick too <laughs> boom wow travis kelsey that is a fine ass nigga dude that shit is funny like with that tweet that was going around where people were like uh travis kelsey's going to the super bowl we can thank his black queen for uh getting him there Be like yeah oh he does have a black girlfriend yeah of course of course i remember when he was on that little show he had like some kind of there was like some kind of dating show it was like a bachelor type thing but it wasn't really fully bachelor maybe it was no it wasn't bachelor because it would have been a bigger deal i forgot what it was i feel like i remember that but i can't remember exactly um but yeah of course man you can't look like that and i have no black girlfriend yeah or have fucked black women (laughs) right like also that type of white boy is also the one where uh he might wind up with a white girl, but she gonna be just as black as him. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> She's definitely gonna be uh cultured. Right. They gonna be like that's like <laughs> like they pro- like he'll end up with a white girl that would probably end up with a black dude if <laughs> if she, she had to met Travis Yup. Yeah. Speaking of that's been coming up on Twitter a lot, like these I guess uh black white dudes that have yeah. black girlfriends and shit um and they all got the same cut and they got the same beard line up everybody got a super low fade right. somebody was like what is it about uh 
about black women that white dudes finally start caring about their lineup. That's the only way you can get it. <laughs> That's what's going to get our attention. I'm sorry. If I see a white dude with a fresh ass fade, I'm double taking for sure. Like, hold up. <laughs> <laughs> Is that appropriation? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. I did think it was funny when somebody asked that and they were like, yeah, because wearing chains and fades is the only thing that black culture is about. But like, no, nah, but that's not what they're saying. No, that's not even black culture. That's more hip hop culture. But at the same time, if you're attracted to black women, you're naturally going to wear stuff that attracts black women. Well, yeah, if you're attracted to black women, nine times out of ten, you're attracted to black culture. But that, I mean, who isn't attracted to black culture? Right. It's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> um um last week we talked about um multiple things that kind of revolved around the same thing so we talked about the first season of you mm-hmm. and you said you, you thought he was bipolar mm-hmm and I say he was a narcissist. Mm-hmm. Well, since then, like a fucking nerd, I've been looking up narcissism and different traits of narcissism. I did that a couple of years ago when I was having the worst experiences with one of my managers at Mac. And I found out, I was like, she's a fucking narcissist. My first boss was a narcissist. It got out of hand, though. It got to the point to where like we weren't even speaking to each other because she did some shady ass shit. And, like, I started catching on. Like, I just was watching her interact with other people and, like, other new people especially. Mm-hmm. And she would always kind of, like, butter them up and make them feel like they were, you know, the best thing that ever happened to Mac or make them mm-hmm. feel, like, way more important than what their role really was. Because anybody coming into Mac, like, if you're new at Mac, you're coming in on the bottom level, like, at Mac, you have to work your way up. So you're just a freelancer where you're coming in. You're probably only working like once or twice a week for like three hours at a time. But she would just like go hard for like, oh, you know, this is my right hand. And, you know, you're going to be, you know, this for me. And I can already tell that you're going to be great with doing this. Basically putting it in, into their head so that they would work hard at what mm-hmm. she wanted them to yep. do. Because she was a delegator. She was never one to actually really like bust her ass doing anything. If she did, it was small shit, like maybe like cleaning and organizing, but never actually like hard work, taking on clients, booking, planning events, never anything like that. And she would say it out loud all the time. Like, I'm a delegator. I'm a del. I delegate. Right. Yeah, of course you delegate because you get into people's heads and make them feel like they are, you know, that they're doing this for themselves when they're doing when it for you. They're doing it for you. You're you're boosting them up so that they can do everything that you want them to do the exact way that you want them to do it. Um, yeah, my first boss after college was a very bad narcissist and he did the same thing like when I first started working for him. It was like, "Oh yeah, we're family, we're family, we do all this stuff." And then slowly as other people start leaving, you were like, oh, that's what this is. Mm-hmm. And I was, she was I didn't, crazy. I stayed on his good side anyway. So I never had to experience the negative aspects of the narcissism directly. But I saw how he used everybody else. 
but I was on my own path and he thought I was doing it for him. I'm a noble person. But still, I feel like there is an underlying something that uh, sparks narcissism and like that kind of narcissistic manipulation. I think for some people it is. And then some people are naturally just narcissists. There's overt narcissists and then there's uh, covert narcissists. Mm -hmm. But um, what we're describing is like the buttering up of knowing of when you first meet somebody and them being all extra and shit. That's what is called love bombing. Mm -hmm. And so like somebody had tweeted that saying that's what future is doing with uh, Lori Harvey. I don't, I don't know enough about their relationship. To, I, I'm tired of projecting things onto their relationship. It's funny, but I don't we, take I mean, it serious. We kind of touched on that a little bit, like doing a bunch for her and then doing some fucked up shit and yeah. then throwing everything that he's done back in her face, like that happening in the future. It, it probably will happen. That would technically be that love, is love bombing. Yeah. And that's what Joe did in you. Yeah. And oh, man, did he? And like you, as you go on in life, you realize that there are tons of narcissists. And the problem that after I I've read that article that I sent to you mm-hmm. where it talked about some of the things, the problem is that more or less when you get to know somebody, we're all kind of light love bombing. Well, no, well, I wouldn't say love bombing. We're not presenting our true self. And I, I talked about that last week too, but it's hard to de- it's hard to tell when you first meet somebody. Are they love bombing or are they being? Or are they just into you? Right. Yeah. Or are they just a general nice person? Or I mean, are they yeah. overly? You have to track patterns before you can really tell. Yeah, because you can't just label a narcissist off jump. Yeah, like for me with my boss in that situation. I had worked at Mac for two years before I really saw who she really was. Yeah. For my boss, I only worked for him for a year, but I saw it relatively quickly within a couple of months Mm -hmm. because it was high turnover Mm -hmm. there. And it was also a lot of like, he was a, a chaotic person. And since he owned the business, he just thought he could do whatever the fuck he wanted. So a narcissist with a little bit of power is the scariest shit in the world. Yeah, that's what was happening. Our um, assistant had been transferred to another store, and then our general counter manager was about to leave, and they were in the process of figuring out if they were going to bump her up or bring in somebody else who was already counter manager. Um, And I think she just kind of like took power while we were in limbo and it just got out of control like she was doing stuff just like frivolous things that she thought everybody would like praise her for and that's another thing too is she lived for like being praised outwardly mm-hmm. yeah she lit like and they would always you know praise her during like weekly emails or just like the meetings that we used to have to have like every every couple weeks or whatever she lived for that kind of shit but when we were in transition she just like took over and just started doing all this extra shit to the point where people were like 
we don't do this. We're mm-hmm. not supposed to do this. Right. Why are you like you are doing all this stuff just so someone can say, oh, she went the extra mile. But what else do you get out of that other than like you didn't spend some money on some shit that you're not going to get reimbursed for? <laughs> it's all about the power, man. Yeah. And um, glove bombing is also common in like churches mm. when a new person comes I didn't realize that until I left the church I was at. Yeah, that's true. Like when a new person comes, they're involved with everything. They want you involved with all this stuff. Yeah. And everybody's so warm. Yeah. It's group narcissism. That's just crazy, bro. Yeah. And that's how cults operate also. Narcissism is deadly. Yeah. And then if you get extreme narcissists with other mental, uh, with other things that are going on mentally, they can become an actual danger. Yeah. Like to many people. Yeah. That master manipulation shit. Yeah. That shit is wild to me. It Um, just, I don't know. It takes a sick person to know that they can control people in a certain way and do it for their benefit all the time. Do you think you could do it? No. I don't think I could. Like, um, probably for like men who were attracted to me, yeah. But just like for any and everybody, no. And I wouldn't even want to do it for men who were attracted to me. I, yeah, cause I, I mean, I don't want, I don't want to trick you into liking me. Right. <laughs> like that's not cool to me. I want like genuine people. Um. Did you watch Tyler Perry's atrocious movie? Uh-uh. I didn't have time. Bro, you got to watch that trash. Because <laughs> this is a lot of things. Man, you gotta, I have heard so many people talking about it. It's so bad. It's so bad. It has a, a good twist in the end. But that movie is so terrible that we got to stop doing that shit to where. I know I joke that we won't be equal until we have black mediocrity. But we can't keep. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, Bro, is gotta... Tyler Perry black mediocrity? Yes. He has to be. <laughs> Bro, like, speaking of no- going along with this narcissism thing, Tyler Perry is a fucking narcissist. Hmm. Like, did you see the thing where he had all those scripts that he wrote by himself, wrote, directed, and produced by yeah, himself? I heard about that. And then he was like, uh, he said it something was like, like for 12 different things or yeah. something. And he was like something like work harder or something. And then they were like, so you don't have black writers or a writer's room? Right. And then like he made a, a response to that. He was like, when I had a, a writer's room, it was so chaotic and so terrible. It was the worst year of my life. And it was like, so you maybe couldn't you handle just, criticism. From right. People? Or you, maybe you didn't have the right writers working for right. you. You just keep hiring it until you get what you want. Or you have you, the money. Right. That's the other part of it. Like bring other people up. Like you don't have to do all that shit. And it's all trash. Like that's the other part. <laughs> yeah. Like all of the, for one, Tyler Perry has so many fucking TV shows now. And so many movies. I know that there are definitely some actors and actresses that are probably really decent at writing. 
Right. And then there's tons of unemployed black writers in LA and Atlanta. You can, you, you can be on that beautiful studio. You can build all type of things to incubate black talent. Mm-hmm. But instead you want to get on your high horse and talk about all the things you've done. Okay, nigga, we gave you those couple months when you opened the studio, but you back with this bullshit. Right, you need and, to calm down. Right. And then I saw some nigga on uh, Twitter say, Oh, I just love Tyler Perry's mind. It's so sick, but twisted. I, I can't believe he doesn't have an Oscar. And I was like, Oscar? Oscar. <laughs> Nishwear. Angela Bassett don't have an Oscar. <laughs> and she deserves it. Right. Oof. Man, they only nominated her for what's love got to do with it. She lost and she became Tina Turner when Tina Turner was still alive. <laughs> she did she really did she yeah. bodied that shit yeah but, but yeah like we like we gotta quit giving people credit just cause they do some shit and they black these these and but also though like when you reach a certain stature and a certain like financial level and just a certain level of success you there needs to be a point where you stop looking to so many people and platforms for your validation. Right. And I get that you have a loyal audience and you want to quote unquote, stay true to them, which I think is lazy bullshit. Cause you don't want to advance as a fucking writer. Right. Um, but yeah. And then niggas do a whole bunch of like virtue signaling to other people. When you say you don't like Tyler Perry movies <laughs> and then they'd be like, this one dude, that Terrain Walker dude, he always got these trash ass opinions on Twitter. Oh, he was I like, he "The uh, the woke blacks in quote or the suburban blacks don't like Tyler Perry because it reminds them of the people in the hood that they left behind years ago." They're like, wow, that was a reach because nigga, we are still related to those niggas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I took it personal because I'm a suburban black, <laughs> and I hate Tyler Perry. Yeah. But it's not because of quote unquote negative stereotypes that remind me of the people I left behind. No, it's because it's fucking bullshit. Yeah. It's tons of negative stereotypes and shit. I love. I say nigga every other fucking <laughs> sentence. I love this shit. But I also like good movies and good TV shows, mm-hmm. well written stuff. And then they were doing, a lot of people are also doing the thing where we don't, uh, Y'all are over critiquing this. Like, it's not that bad, which is bullshit because that shit is terrible. The wigs are terrible. Ugh. It's just, terrible. but they say, uh, we don't critique, uh, quote unquote, white shows like that. And then somebody tweeted today, they were like, that's bullshit because that last season of Game of Thrones, everybody was in their ass for it being lazy. And D&D then got kicked off every project that they were supposed to be working on. They were supposed to be working on Star Wars. This is true. They were supposed to be building that uh, Confederate show. This is true. And it was something else they were in talks to do. And they, they're pretty much being blacklisted now. Yeah, that last season of Game of Thrones just was not it. We were all disappointed. Right. And then you had the stuff like the Starbucks cup, the water bottle. like just And they got flamed for it. Right. Just complete <laughs> laziness. That's the thing. Like. I will support black artists 
black producers, black owned things, but you got to come with it. Mm-hmm. You might get me initially because I'm supporting just because I'm trying to build a community, but you got to advance. So I don't know. I don't. We need black mediocrity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we, need, we need a middle ground. I understand it. Like everything ain't going to be pristine and perfect. And it's enough. It's enough people out here. That everybody can eat. But at the same time, man. Let's not act like mediocrity is good. Like, let's not act like that's greatness. Yeah. That's not black excellence. That's black mediocrity. And stop trying to push it on us, like, expecting us to to put you on a pedestal for it. Right. Like, you all right, you became a self-made man and built your own studio. Right. All right, you're a legend. But now, and, and that's the thing I don't understand either. It's like, now that you've gotten to this point where... You know what I'm saying? We have acknowledged that you are self-made, but we, once again, we know where you're at financially. Why would you not want to also acknowledge the people that helped you get to where you are? Because everybody, self-made is is still not a solo thing. No. You have people that help you along the way. So why wouldn't you extend the olive branch now that you are where you are like why why are you so proud that you wrote all these shows in this many hours without any help and yada yada like why are you why are you doing that what is that what are you what are you reaching for what do you need where what is the void (laughs) and also the other part of him writing all these shows is a lot of them are told from the perspective of women and if you are not a black woman, angry women, bitter women, bitter, angry black women, never happy women, never self-realized women, always like women in transition uh, of like finding themselves and, and that are dependent upon men or if they're not dependent upon men, they will be dependent upon men because that evil black bastard is just gonna come in her life and wreck it completely broken easily manipulated women all the time and since you're a black man and you're writing all of this leads me to feel like you might have some kind of hate towards black women and men and i know you had a traumatic childhood and stuff that's hey man you rich enough to have therapy therapy we've been we've been therapy has been away for a few years now. right and you got money 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 you can go to therapy every day of your life yes for the rest of your life if Man, you, you need to. to hook up with the smiths find out who they see right maybe you need to go sit down at that red table right <laughs> you can at least afford a red table talk <laughs> they can shoot at Tyler Perry Studios. You need to have a sit down with with uh, Jada and Uncle and and Gammy and and Willow. Bring, Willow will bring you through this shit. <laughs> she is self realized at like eighteen years old. Yes, let Willow rub on your shoulders. Or right, something. let her she third got all eye the open up. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, like I don't, I don't know why we don't talk about that enough. Like, it's kind of weird that this guy writes all this stuff from the from the perspective of black women with no black writers as he said no black women input or if it is you're not paying those people which is another problem Mm. 
So he wants to control black women. Narcissism. Black narcissism. <laughs> he wants to control black women. That's crazy. But see, what's what's killing, or what's uh, a detriment, is that now he's he's out here creating a whole like negative narrative. Yes. For black women, and it's just adding on to all the other negative narratives, and it's just like do more harm than help and what sucks about that too is like all of the black women that work for you are ne- are all of them are typecast now because they all play the same role like in every single one of his movies and every single one of his shows there's a powerful evil black woman mm-hmm. there's the struggling black woman who is dependent upon somebody most of the times a man there is uh the almost mammy like Figure, the mammy black woman the asexual black woman who is just this wisdom and has no other thing besides just being just this old owl nurture <laughs> and, and cook and clean right there and she gonna pray you to jesus right there's <laughs> a perfect patty black woman who's perfect on the outside but on the inside she's broken life is just falling apart <laughs> <laughs> like those are the four main black women that tyler perry casts and everything that he puts out and as far as the men you got the dark-skinned black bastard who's cheating and beating and lying and cheating and then the light-skinned savior right with his shirt off with some bad wigs some bad cornrows (laughs) (laughs) probably green eyes (laughs) somehow green eyes michael ely boris kojo like man that's like 10 different Tyler Perry movies. Ain't it? <laughs> and don't forget the uh, the single mom whose uh, boyfriend is probably molesting somebody or some shit. The single to, mom who's doing it all. And not to say that these black women don't exist. They do. They do. But at the same time, I do not like emotional pornography. And it's... Man, I be like... That should be traumatizing watching a Tyler Perry movie. Didn't he do motherfucking... No. He did for Colored Girls. He did. That's what I was going to say. That shit was demonic. Ooh. <laughs> Bruh. That shit was demonic. That movie was too much. I think I left that movie just like emotionally exhausted, confused, scared. <laughs> Like, I don't trust none of these niggas. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg's character was so... Ooh. Bro. Mm. Th- that Michael Ely scene where he throw the babies out. Oh, Lord have mercy. Bro. That's, I mean, and that's based on a classic play. Four Colored Girls who, who I think, thought of suicide as the full name of it. Mm. But shit, man, that shit. That and Precious... That shit. In the same way, I can't watch some movies about like racism because that'll make me feel some type of way unjustly towards people just because they look like the people in the movies. Mm. <laughs> Don't get abstract there. <laughs> Not too abstract. <laughs> but that's the same thing, man. Like, you can't watch that shit and not be like, niggas ain't shit. I mean, 
Yeah, and that's what sucks. Is like that always has to be the conclusion. Yeah. And we wonder why we get in these little tizzies about stupid shit and argue about men versus women. It's shit like that. See, I'm finna, I'm finna blame Tyler Perry on our dating issues now. Because he, he is out here making it hard for us black people trying to date each other. He is making it hard. And also, because it's tied to religion in most of his shit. These are religious people pick up on that and start running with these storylines and these ways of thinking. Right. It's all respectability politics shit. That's the same thing with Steve Harvey. Like I like Steve Harvey, but the thing like a man bullshit. Yeah. Just makes it seem like that men are supposed to be a certain way and women are supposed to be a certain way. And that's not how things are. To think that you can pander to a certain group of women, a certain group being single women, like you just have all of the answers and the secret to getting and keeping a man. It's just not fair. It's not fair. Seeing a trend of narcissism, <laughs> abuse of power, <laughs> uh, impeach these motherfuckers. Yeah, I forgot all about Think Like a Man. Like, not only was that a movie, but it was a real ass book. And people were acting like it was a fucking Bible. Like, nah. Just because, and then plus, the idea that Steve Harvey's cheating ass is going to tell you how to keep a man. Bruh. <laughs> I forgot all about Think Like a Man. That shit is fucking wild. Think Like a Man, like, just thinking about the title, like, that means that you are are believing that men think one way. One way, and that one way is the right way. Right. That one way is the way that you should go. But that's the other part about uh, misogyny. A lot of people treat women as lesser men. Yeah. Or broken men that need to be perfected or coddled or they're not equals. Mm -hmm. They're lesser than us. Mm -hmm. And that's the thread that that goes into be like, think like a man, not like you stupid women. Think like us. Uh, uh, us educated doctors <laughs> you and your mom were uh hillbillies before you <laughs> that's from Step Brothers. <laughs> house of learned doctors <laughs> bro yeah fuck fuck y'all <laughs> <laughs> right and don't and then the other thing is don't take this anger out on people in your lives now if they're trash tell them they're trash but everybody ain't Everybody ain't operating on the level of being like, how can I ruin black women today? <laughs> how can I ruin black men today? That's why I'm I'm low key. I'm hating Twitter because it's every day is some bullshit like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to let these niggas who are fucking crazy uh, convince me that everybody's fucking nuts. Mm-hmm. And you got to dial back sometimes. <laughs> Damn, that shit got deep quick. Yeah, it did. I mean, but that's real shit. Like, there's it's just such a correlation between all that shit. Like all of it is linked together. And I like I be thinking about this too a lot. Like we um not necessarily us specifically but just like 
black people who are just trying to do things to better their communities and you know how we're all about black empowerment and support black business and yada 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 I feel like sometimes it's just like a weird circle of hell because (laughs) not only are we like we're so like gung-ho and hardcore about like outwardly supporting black people and you know black people have to rise but there's still just so much like shit in the middle that we're fighting each other on and it's affecting all of us in some kind of way like me saying that Tyler Perry's movies are you know the reason why it's hard for us to date because we keep seeing all these bullshit examples of black men and women that's a small part but I feel like there's so many other things that really affect us as black men and women that come from like these black celebrities because nobody is thinking for themselves anymore no in in the black community like we all I feel like are trying to follow this one person or these certain people that have certain trains of thought we're all trying to fit whatever character we think we are yeah whatever archetype that is yeah am i gonna be a black nerd yeah am i gonna be a uh sedity woke black person yeah am i gonna be a freedom fighter and then it just gets like then you get wrapped up into trying to you know figure out your identity and what you're gonna do as this person now that you've identified that it becomes like everybody's against each other because you're like well i'm over here with them so i can't be over here with you too i think some people took the black people are not a monolith and read that the wrong way yes (laughs) (laughs) it doesn't mean that we're all different subgroups of people right it just means that we don't like the same shit we can yeah (laughs) we can still all mesh together and be completely different from each other individually Right. That's and what black community is supposed to be. What is what is that? Umoja? I think so. In Swahili. Man, we really gotta start <laughs> celebrating Kwanzaa. We just wasted a whole that's ass fucking what, holiday. That's what black community is, is just like meshing together. Right. It's not just uh, for a slogan on your fucking shirts or for how you're gonna capitalize. It's about building a community. Right. And repairing the wombs that we collectively have. We all suffer from something that was ingrained in us from a young age that we have to fix. And that's why we cannot be against each other in any kind of way. We can't be men versus women. We can't be straight versus queer. We can't be able-bodied versus uh, the disabled. We like we got to be in it together. That's the only way we're going we're gonna get it we're all in this together Together. yeah but i don't know maybe we'll figure it out hopefully right probably won't but i mean hey how though like what how do we how do you even start trying to tackle that i think i think we do need to tone down the rhetoric slightly yeah like even like I'm going to keep joking on hotels because that shit's just funny. <laughs> but, like, I don't – we got to quit labeling everybody like a an archetype and be like, oh, you're the uh, the suburban black, which I don't even know what the fuck that means. I hate that. They be joking on me at work like, oh, that's that Auburn coming out. Oh, is that what you <laughs> learned at Auburn? I'm like, it's like 
First of all, it's Buckhorn. It's the Buckhorn to be. Still black, nigga. Bro, that uh, that proud family uh meme that had Buckhorn and had Dijon. Yeah. That shit was that or we're pity. I think we think we're pity. Yeah. But we probably are Dijon. <laughs> we proud. We loud, and we got it going on. on. Like. I don't know how Buckhorn became like the black suburban school. Man, I'm telling you, like our sophomore year, things started shifting. We got those new uh, suburbs that popped up, mm-hmm. and they, I think they like rezoned districts or something. They did something, something happen. I don't know if just like there was a a military migration or something, but it was like we just got a busload uh, new niggas, <laughs> whole new niggas. I was like, damn. Where did all these black kids come from? <laughs> and then, like, it was people on Facebook that were saying, oh, I didn't know a book where I had, but, like, bullshit. You must be old as fuck. People do that about Auburn, too. It's, how many black people is at Auburn? Shut the fuck up, bro. <laughs> the amount of black people at Auburn, if it was a separate school, would be the biggest HBCU in Alabama. Thank you. <laughs> like, First of all, I'm like, Auburn has, like, 30,000 students. <laughs> And probably about 8,000 of niggas. You got to know that there's a great percentage that are black. Like It's just a whole lot of white people around also. Right. <laughs> black people are everywhere. Y'all stop acting stupid. Really? Like, we pop up anywhere. Like, I always love when they show some shit in, like, Europe. And then it'd be a whole ass nigga just <laughs> chilling there. The only nigga in the village. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, like we gotta quit doing that shit. Yeah, no, I don't know. Everybody I, just has to get out of that like holier than thou mentality. Yes. That's what that is. Like that's why I think that's what irritates me about number one hotels, <laughs> like super hotels. But when they get on these tangents on social media and it's a bunch of like we must statements, and I'm just like. Like, shut the fuck up first of all why we gotta do what you think we should do right <laughs> how in this whole thing did you become the leader we didn't vote for you we don't like we you we don't know you <laughs> <laughs> why we must gotta I do know. what you want no, you do. must shut the fuck right. up right <laughs> <laughs> you must figure out a way to get out of our faces right like and I'm off man look we got to work together and we do need leaders, but we also need leaders that are. We need leaders who are working more than they're talking. Yes. <laughs> Doing the actual work. All this social media rah-rah. Yeah, man, like, man, you ain't no activist, bro. You typing on the keyboard. What have you done? What have you actually put into the community? Right. Like, okay, your your tweet went viral. But what the fuck have you, else have you done? Right, like people saw your shit, but who benefited from that financially or economically? Like my mom had me watch this uh this sermon or whatever from this dude. He uh he preached on Sunday for doc he talked about Dr. King and shit. Of course, he went to I have a dream speech and all this mm-hmm. other shit. Mm-hmm. And then typical. They, and then they started tying in uh the genocide of black babies from abortion. I was like, yeah, I'm oh, done. I'm done with this shit. And then like 
genocide right like, shut by the fuck abortion up. first of all if it's abortion it's not genocide i'm sorry no. that's not you can't that's no mm-hmm. and then like <laughs> and then like my mom like my mom i went to my mom's house and then she had sent me the video and i'm like i ain't watching this shit but i respectfully didn't tell her i ain't watching this shit <laughs> but <laughs> i went to her house and she put the shit on and then oh, like Lord. and then i'm like i don't she was like do you not want to watch it i'm like no, no. I, like <laughs> and then like i heard her feelings and i was like fuck now i gotta watch this shit bro parents begin their feelings hurt so easy that's just like what i was talking about last week with my mom like, like don't everything for- that you want for me i don't want like don't force me to watch some shit after i told you i don't want to watch it and then you get mad when I like, I didn't want to watch it for this one reason. I was going to critique the fuck out of it because I knew it was going to be some bullshit. She's like, I know you'll like this because it has to do with history. I was like, nope, I'm definitely not going to like it because when you like when people think I'll like something about history, no. Because they have tied history in, but not in the right way. Right. And the threads are not together and it's a whole bunch of holes. And then I'm going to blow y'all high. When I point out the holes, and then I'm going to be the bad guy. And that's exactly what fucking happened. Because I was reading the fuck out of this. And my sister was like, she was like, you are so negative. I was like, I'm not negative. I, my eye is open. Right. I'm, am I pessimistic? Probably. But it's also because I look at things different from y'all. Yeah. And then plus, I try not to be a negative person. If it's negativity around me, I try to be positive. I try to bring balance to whatever room I'm in. Most people perceive difference of opinion as negativity. Right. So it's not even necessarily that you're negative. It's just that you didn't agree with them the way that they wanted you to agree. Right. And then you got mad. It's like, and then like, she was like, you're just, you're just always, you think you're, she was mad. Like she was funny as fuck. She was like, "You just." She's probably mad because she realized that there was a lot of like valid points to what you were arguing. Yeah, and then she was like, "Like you always just think you're right about everything, and you're just wrong about so much." And I was like, "What was I wrong about?" And she couldn't name it. And then <laughs> I was like, "See what this is? Is you?" <laughs> she just, bro. That's just, that's, some, just my, that's just some sister shit. Though. That's sibling <laughs> shit, yeah. Like, that's straight up just sibling shit. And she was just like, it's not that you're wrong. It's just your approach is wrong. I was like, okay, so say that then. Yeah. Instead of saying that I'm just wrong and I think I know everything. Yeah. That's a different, like, that's a critique. That's not you hate. You sound like a fucking hater <laughs> when you fucking started. Though. <laughs> Me and Herbie get going back and forth. That's one of those things that happen. See, this is why people need therapy. Oh, yeah, I definitely need some fucking therapy. Because there, there's just things that we put on other people and do to other people that we don't even realize. Yeah. Especially especially in a family setting where, like, it can really impact you for the rest of your life if you don't realize why you are the way you are or why your, you know, family dynamics are the way that they are. Because my sister was, like, six when my grandma died. Mm. And your mom was still really young. Yeah. And my mom, my sister, my sister basically kind of raised me. That's also why she feels a need to tell me what to do with my fucking life. Right. I feel like black parents be needing, uh, like specific black parent therapy. 
There needs to be a black parent rehab. It needs to be like <laughs> a black parent support group. I know. <laughs> and I think that's what they think church is, but that ain't it. No, that ain't it, that bro. Ain't it. That ain't it. There does need to be a black uh how do I like how do I live with the trauma I gave my children? And I retweeted that the other day. Like, I don't want to, if I have kids, I do not want to pass off any of my shit to them. Yeah. And I know I will, but I hope it's very minimal at least. Because I think what a lot of people don't realize is when they, so naturally we like to share our experiences with people because we are trying to relate to people. And sometimes I feel like in doing that, you kind of set up a certain expectation um on a person that may or may not have had that same experience especially if they haven't like for instance we got some new girls that started at work and they were just asking about you know how long i've been there yada yada and you know what's the better shift is night shift day shift blah 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 and i was just giving them the rundown i was like i'm gonna be honest i make the money that i make because i work doubles you think you went, you're going to be able to get by on this job working four or five hours a day, probably going to need a second job or you're going to need to, you know, work doubles the way that I do. And one of the girls don't even work there no more. <laughs> and I, I wonder, I'm like, damn, did I traumatize her? But I was just being honest, but because that may not have been her experience previously or may not have been the experience that she expected she took that and ran with it. And I feel like that's what happens with our parents. Like they tell us about things or they tell us about their experiences and we just kind of like take that and run with it. And then we build a certain expectation when we go through a similar experience and it can ruin it into different experiences or out of experiences. Right. Like, yeah. I, that I've realized uh, certain aspects of I grew up in a black house when I got Cooper <laughs> and my nonverbal aggression like not beating him or nothing just like Cooper get your <laughs> <laughs> or when he pounded the door be like why is this nigga beating on my fucking door it's just I don't know man it's something about that shit we need a black parent support group if y'all would like to start a black parent support group (laughs) call our hotline at (laughs) 1-800-GET-THESE-NIGGAS (laughs) come get your daddy (laughs) hell no (laughs) your mama and them tripping (laughs) ooh child oh my god um this is good so far i don't want to fuck it up what else can we talk about um oh aaron hernandez oh yes bro speaking of fucked up childhoods (laughs) chile i didn't finish all the parts but i saw enough (laughs) (laughs) i saw enough okay so um on netflix 
there was an Aaron Hernandez documentary that came out, I guess, like, last week. So, of course, I binge-watched that shit. And a lot of the stuff I knew, and then a lot of stuff is just like, damn, this nigga Aaron Hernandez was wildin'. First and foremost, Aaron Hernandez was saved in Odin Lloyd's phone as this nigga. This nigga. (laughs) I paused my screen when I saw them text text messages. I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because I saw the word nigga. I was like, hold up. Ran it back. Paused. I was like, I know (laughs) this nigga does not have this nigga saving his phone as this nigga. <laughs> the fuck, bruh. I know he was Hispanic, bruh, but sir. <laughs> sir. I mean, oh, Lord. I mean, it's, it's never a compliment that somebody would have you saved in their phone as this nigga. <laughs> if it was another, like, one of your Hispanic people or, like, cousins or something, no, it would that, be a little different. Old, that was Odin Lloyd's phone. He saved Aaron Hernandez's name as this nigga. Oh, I thought it was Aaron who saved <laughs> no. Odin. Odin Lloyd was like, this nigga. Oh, wow. <laughs> so Odin had peep game on the bullshit. Oh, yeah. He was like, this nigga tripping. <laughs> okay, well, that, wow. Okay, that changes a lot. <laughs> but, yeah. But that shows you how, like, how wild do you got to be for somebody to have you in the phone? This, this nigga. nigga. Not even this nigga Aaron, this nigga Robert, this nigga. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is the most, like, <laughs> condescending term of endearment. I know. This nigga. <laughs> Here come this nigga. Look at this nigga. Like, <laughs> it's never good when somebody say this nigga referring to somebody it's never good essentially like saying this guy or this dude nobody wants to be that guy or this nigga right but (laughs) so aaron hernandez was wild as fuck bro and had a lot of childhood trauma like in the last episode they kind of the only thing i don't i'll get to that in a second um, so he grew up in a house, which I didn't know his dad played at UConn either. His dad was a football player and was kind of like the neighborhood guy, mm-hmm. neighborhood father, or whatever. But he also had a drinking problem and was very abusive to his wife and his children. And apparently was very homophobic. And Aaron was struggling with his sexuality. And in the midst of all of this, his father just dies when he's like 16, 17. Yeah. And so the plan that had been laid out by his father for him to go to UConn and all this other stuff, he's like, nah, I'm flipped script, bro. I'm going to Florida. And it, as anybody that knows has ever been to Florida, it's a whole bunch of crazy shit in Florida. <laughs> whole lot of gang shit. Whole lot of gang shit. <laughs> um. So he goes to Florida, is wilding out there, and then gets drafted by the Patriots by going at a super young age. Yeah, he was like twenty. I didn't realize that he got drafted so young. I didn't either. I thought I think he was it's like twenty. He was just so tall and big. I just thought he was way older, but and he went to New England, and because he was from Connecticut, it was too close to home. 
So it's something about when you come back to your home, you getting a whole lot of fuck shit because you know a whole lot more people. Mm-hmm. And that happened with young Aaron also. And Aaron was out here wilding and being dope as fuck on the football field. Yeah. Because, bro, that offense they had with Gronk and him was sick as fuck. His football field life versus his real life, polar opposites. Yeah. And to have that uh, duality is is what makes the, the story so crazy. Yeah. And so in the midst of him putting up these what would have probably been Hall of Fame numbers, this nigga out here fucking shooting people. This nigga, <laughs> this nigga Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> this nigga. This nigga. <laughs> this nigga Aaron murdered two fucking people for sp- <laughs> for spilling a drink on his shirt. Oh, man. And the nigga would have got away with it if he hadn't committed if the it third hadn't murder. been for those meddling kids. <laughs> right. <Like. laughs> Scooby Doo shit. <laughs> uh. This nigga Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> These niggas. He killed two people and had an amazing football uh, year after that. They went to the Super Bowl the year after that. One of them who was like his best friend slash sister's. No, that's the third person he killed. Girlfriend. Wait, what? Odin was the third? Yeah. He shot those two people the year before he killed Odin Lloyd. Shit. So he would have got away with the shit if he hadn't committed the dumbest fucking murder in the fucking world with Odin Lloyd. Why did this nigga leave this much evidence? The blue gum. How have you not seen Law and Order enough (laughs) to know DNA nigga? (sighs) Like, he left DNA in the with the gun, the gum. He left shells in the back of the rental car. I think at that point he was um, he, he was, was so paranoid that he was he was manic. He yeah. like I think, I think to him it would have been justified him going to prison. Like going to prison was his comfort. That was going to take him out of whatever chaotic shit that yeah. he was going through in his real life. Because he had asked Bill Belichick for a trade. He was trying to get out of there because he thought the double murder, they were going to find out about the double murder. So that's why he was moving chaotically. And then he went to Florida with that one guy and then shot him down there. And then that dude didn't tell on him, but said, I'm coming after you. And then this nigga got even more paranoid. That shit's crazy. And then the funniest part, it's not funny, but it is funny. Like the dude he shot in the head, he said when he came to, and he uh a couple of days later he called Aaron, and he said I'm coming for you, and Aaron was like, "Who's this?" <laughs> <laughs> New phone, who this? Aaron Hernandez, in a weird kind of way, does seem like he would be a cool person to hang with. He did. Everybody loved him. Right. Everybody loved him. Everybody was huge fans of him. And everybody was just like... Everybody spoke highly of him. And then, secretly, this nigga tripping. <laughs> I want to see how many times I can say this nigga. <laughs> so, a lot of the uh, a lot of the debate surrounding it, though, has to do with, like, his CTE. And, like, if that was this whole reason... I think it had to play the part with it. They say he had the brain of, like, an 80-year-old man. Yeah. Like, that definitely played a part in it. 
they kind of glossed over that in the in the uh, documentary, and they mostly talked about sexuality. Mm, yeah, they talked about that a lot. Yeah, a lot, a lot. Now I ain't gonna lie. That first time they talked about it, the way the dude casually just mentioned, he was like, "Yeah, we were sexually experimenting with each other." Yeah. Like, wait. Yeah, he was like, what did he say? Basically, if they were out or something, that they would have been, it would have been considered them being in a relationship. Right. They were in an on and off again relationship. And he said it so casual. It was like, which I guess he should be casual. And then, of course, these homophobic ass motherfuckers on the internet are just like, they're running his name through the mud because he's dead. You're like, okay, so that's the three murders. That didn't have nothing to do with about running his name in the mud, but this nigga is gay, so. You- that's where I started like really paying attention when everybody was like, I mean, all this stuff is alleged because he's dead and yada, yada, yada. I'm but they like, were always talking about the gay shit. Like, <laughs> no, s- some of this stuff happened. be proved. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's why they're talking about it. Right. <laughs> like, like, that, like, they just come out of the blue and make everybody gay, which is always so absurd when people act like that. Like, no, the dude was probably gay or or, or something or fluid or right. whatever tons of different things you don't have like it's do y'all really think that there's never been nfl players that's gay right or any sports players right. at all gay people exist we know gay like it's not like <laughs> like i've never not, seen, right i ain't never seen a gay person before. homosexuality is not a new <laughs> phenomenon it's been around since the beginning of time and the these ignorant ass niggas act like this shit just fucking happened. Yeah. And like, man, people are funny. And they were like, that had nothing to do with the murder. They didn't say it had to do with the fucking murder. Y'all being obtuse for no fucking reason just to have an argument. Like y'all know that shit. They're not saying that he did that. They're, they're talking about his mind state of he overcompensated for masculinity mm-hmm. by doing all of these crazy things mm-hmm. because he wasn't comfortable with himself because he grew up in a homophobic environment and a homophobic world to the point that he killed himself two days after people revealed that he was gay. Yep. But yeah, that shit didn't happen. It didn't have nothing to do with it. That nothing wasn't to do real. With it. Yeah. Nothing to do with it. That was, Oh man. He, there's so many, moving parts to his right. story and that's all right this is what gets to all right on twitter when terrell was saying that he didn't think that there would be another documentary after this netflix one that's what i was talking about like yeah there definitely will be other documentaries three came out last week yeah and 30 for 30 they're gonna make a 30 for 31 yeah like all the moving parts and you could take it so many different ways you could take it from a study of that Florida dynasty because he had a, hard, a large role in that. Mm-hmm. They're going to definitely make a movie about that. Mm-hmm. He was a fucking patriot. And then the CTE thing. It's so many. You, you're going to hear Aaron Hernandez shit for the rest of our fucking lives. It's yeah. one. And then plus in, in this current environment with the pop uh, documentary being a thing. To where the popular documentaries everybody sees you're just you're gonna see tons of them and plus that documentary wasn't definitive enough for there to be no other aaron hernandez documentary it was so many holes true and perspectives that haven't been like i'll be interested to hear his mom talk about 
more of their family dynamic right and like his brother because i don't even think his brother even really he what they used him they used his footage from other places yeah that's the other thing you haven't gotten you didn't hear from any of the actual people in aaron hernandez life the closest you got was jose Baez, and which his, and his uh fiance if i ever commit a murder I'm going to try to get as much money as possible so I can get Jose Baez because that nigga be getting people off. <laughs> he got Aaron Hernandez off and Casey Anthony. And if you can get Casey Anthony off for killing a little white baby, unstoppable, you bro. You got the sauce. You got the juice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You the lawyer. <laughs> that Yeah, his story was just fucking wild. Yeah. I, I talked to Spy Guy about this. Part of me kind of felt sorry for him yeah now of course i feel sorry for his victims and his victims families of course but it's like damn man he was he was the way his life was set up especially with his dad like first of all whenever you are whenever you're the oldest son trying to follow in the footsteps of your dad he's a baby though his brother's older oh shit but he was still he was just so fucking big yeah <laughs> little big brother (laughs) but still whenever you're whenever you're a man trying to follow in the footsteps of your dad i feel like that immediately comes with just immense mental disarray especially at 16 17 because that's when you're becoming quote-unquote a man yeah and that's when you are trying to figure out who you are that's when you start figuring out who you are and if you don't necessarily fit the mold of your father that's going to create some conflict within yourself. And also it seemed like his father was the one who kept pushing for him, pushing. It also was, he was afraid of his father. Mm-hmm. And I think after his father died, he's like, I ain't scared of none of these niggas. Yeah. I ain't got nothing to be scared of no more. Right. That's crazy. And but then, yeah, he, he just had a lot working against him from jump. And the other funny, this is the, the sick funny part that I think is funny. Does women, what is it about women that just lust after <laughs> a complete psychopath? Granted, he's good looking, but these women were like, shit, I, I lie for Aaron Hernandez too. I mean, y'all, y'all tripping. <laughs> they did this shit with Ted Bundy. No. Who like, Ted Bundy, you just bay. Like, man, y'all are sick. <laughs> Once I see that type of psycho in somebody, oh, it's a wrap. <laughs> you ain't fine no more, my nigga. I'm sorry. Hell no. He's like, nah, bro. We can't just brush past this like it didn't happen. But then his girlfriend, she seemed a little off, too. Like, I'm always weirded out when black women have contact, colored contacts. Like, boo. Yeah. And then. That's a major turn off to me. Her and her sister becoming estranged, you know, especially after the Odin thing and her not really giving a fuck. I'm just like, you cold blooded. Aaron Hernandez was funny as fuck too. Cause them jail calls when he was like, what's wrong? She was like, I got another search warrant because you're be- you were being stupid. He was like, take one for the team or and, some shit. He was like, I'll call you later. <laughs> Even in the pen, niggas is trash. <laughs> I th- I honestly feel like him being in prison like really gave him a little bit of a peace of mind. Yeah, it was the first time he was able to sit down, sit his ass down, and think maybe I am tripping. And then 
And that nigga asked his agent to get a Smith and West <laughs> deal. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with this nigga? He thinks this shit's funny. It is funny, but it's not funny for the reasons he's he's making it. Mm. Like, we ain't heard the last of Aaron Hernandez documentaries. And then plus, did you ever watch the OJ 30 for 30? The five part one? No. Not all of it. That's why I feel like we gonna get one of those. That's true. I I be forgetting that um, thirty for thirty does multi part. Like, bruh, the uh the Bulls one that's coming out later this year. I cannot wait. It's gonna be ten parts. Oh shit! And they're gonna have they had the people that was on it. They're gonna have, of course, all the Bulls. They have Obama. They're going to have uh, randomly Justin Timberlake, Carmen Electra, a whole bunch of random people. But it's going to be 10 parts. I'm like, this shit going to be good as fuck. Justin Timberlake. Because they were like the fucking Beatles. They were on the road partying. Michael Jordan was out here sleeping with every white woman. <laughs> I don't put it past them. They said... Him and Scottie Pippen got in a little beef because Scottie Pippen was fucking Madonna and Michael Jordan wanted to fuck her. <laughs> that is some hyper masculine <laughs> shit if I have ever heard it. Yeah. Man, th- that 30 for 30 gonna be the shit. I can't bro. wait. Because <laughs> that is the team of our childhood. Yeah. Yeah. That's, man, last week when I uh, posted the episode and then on IG. I did on my story. I had the picture of Jordan, and I was playing the Bulls thing. That shit brought tingles to my face. I was like, man, let's go. 6'6". Six, six Eight-year-old me is back. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Man, I used to want to be like Michael Jordan. Then I grew up, and I was like, I definitely don't want to be like Michael Jordan. <laughs> I want to be like LeBron. <laughs> I want to be you saw them throwing shit at his kid. No. When? Like yesterday. During the Celtics game? No. Uh, he went to his kid's game the day earlier. I mean, earlier in the day. And his kid was checking in. And some, I think an older white guy threw like, it looked like some gum or something at his kid. Oh, hell no. And they got it on camera. And he got kicked out. Why would he do that? They don't respect black bodies. Hell no, but um, I was watching the, <laughs> I was watching the game last night. That didn't. <laughs> they look tired as hell. Yeah, they look tired. And but you, you don't ever see LeBron. Jason Tatum was putting them up. You don't ever see LeBron get dunked on too, and that shit was wild. Bruh, Anthony Davis was missing layups. I was like, what? They were just out of whack. What? I was like, <laughs> what is this? <laughs> It's also because they've been playing so fucking good that you just kind of like they do have off nights. And then I know they've been traveling too. They just they just look beat after a certain point. Honestly, after the third quarter, I was like, "It's a wrap." <laughs> Sorry, Bron Bron. Bron Bron. <laughs> Big Brony. Big Bron. I like. I just look. Man, their daughter is so cute. Their whole like family is just so cute. Like him and his wife. Yep. They're just so cute. I love seeing like cute black couples right. just being cute. And also I love seeing dark skinned couples. Yeah. 
brown like, brown people. Yeah, it's like hell. Yeah. His wife is very pretty. She, oh yeah, she's gorgeous. I can't tell which one. Like, I feel like Bronny looks more like his mom, but he has like his dad's head. <laughs> I don't think I really pay attention to what his parents look like. No, I'm saying uh, his kid. Oh, his kid. His oldest mm. son, the one that that's gonna be a fucking monster. Yeah, that shit's gonna be dope as fuck. He gonna end up looking like LeBron. Man, like it, as of right now, it looks like he's not gonna be as Hulk as LeBron because it's Hulk. But he's gonna. Somebody was like, "Ain't it gonna be funny that when uh, LeBron's son plays like Michael Jordan <laughs> instead of like LeBron?" <laughs> Because oh. his body is more in line of yeah, how Michael Jordan was when he started out, just like when he was tall thin. and lanky. Yeah. yeah, this man, fuck, I don't care. Body wise, if you had to build a a basketball player, Michael Jordan is almost the archetype of what you would want to build as a basketball player. Yeah, he was light on his feet. He had huge hands, tall as shit, huge hands. Um, long ass legs make it down the court in like two seconds <laughs> and it was strong as fuck lay up easy field goals easy yeah he's an essential guard that's what you want in a shooting guard mm-hmm. man I'm just gonna start watching a whole bunch of, I go through phases when I be like I'm just gonna go watch old Bulls games on YouTube <laughs> What you do last night? I drank a six pack and I watched uh, three hours of the NBA Finals from 1997. I think it's cool watching the uh, NBA fashions evolve, like the uniforms and the shoes. The fact that niggas used to wear motherfucking high top Converse, yeah, back in the day to pay to play basketball, and I'm like, man, I know they arches hurt. Is this where the term breaking ankles came from? Because <laughs> Y'all niggas ain't have no ankle support before like 1982. That's why when you see how Bill Russell be walking, like, <laughs> <laughs> them ankles is shot. Speaking of 90s, um, I I want I haven't wanted a basketball jersey in so long, but Ooh. they have the throwback uh, Memphis Grizzlies jersey when they were Van, uh, Vancouver. Ooh. That shit looks so dope. I love me a jersey because John Morant. Who is balling his ass off? I like baseball jerseys. Yeah, I I like baseball and hockey jerseys. Probably the Ooh, best. Oh yeah, but. hockey jerseys are lit. Biker jerseys are lit too, but those are more fitted. They be having the dope ass colors and prints and shit. But like the old school Grizzlies, yes, with that teal. Yep. They man, they need to bring that back full time. That and the Utah Jazz jerseys are from the nineties are dope. When and, they had like the saxophone uh mm-hmm. for the J. And then the mountains on it. Man. It was the Orlando good. Magic jerseys were pretty tight too. Yeah. It's a lot, man. It's a lot I love sports. Iconography. Like, it's like sports, like culture, the environment. Like we were talking, I was so I had a bartend last night, and I had a couple guys come in, and they were asking me like who I was pulling for for the Super Bowl or whatever, and I was like, I haven't even really paid close enough attention to you know NFL this year, and I don't really, I'm not a 49ers fan, 
I'm not uh, a Chiefs fan. Yeah, I'm just I don't know. I can't call it. And they're just like, you know, a lot of people just really look forward to Super Bowl just to be able to sit down, watch football, eat with their friends, have some drinks, like just that atmosphere. I don't know. It's just something about that. Like it brings people together. Yeah. Like when we were watching the game last week, like that's the kind of shit I like. That's the kind of hangouts I like. Let's go somewhere and watch the game and get some beer and eat some food. <laughs> Man, that food was so fucking good. Bruh. That shit was busted. Food was too good. <laughs> food was lit. That shit was good as fuck. My patty melt on point. My fish and chips. That big ass fish they oh, brought out. Yeah. I was like, I didn't eat like none of my fries. You I just definitely got your money's worth on the like, fish. I'm, I'm yeah, coming back to this those shit. Those appetizers were good. Lex's fries were really good. They really were. And they actually stayed hot for a pretty long time. Yeah. And then Spa's uh, queso dip, that shit was hitting too. Yeah, because it was like a, it was almost like a beer cheese queso. Mm-hmm. The consistency of it. And then my, uh, I was dipping my mozzarella sticks <laughs> in the queso. You a game changer, bro. <laughs> 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 um, my, uh, my fried pickles were amazing. Oh also. yeah, yeah, everything was bomb. Everything was yeah. good. So I rate the brick house a ten out of ten. <laughs> service was good too she didn't let us go too long without drinks only not they didn't have ghost train as long as y'all wasn't fucking with they do need a couple more local beers yeah and time flew this time no i thought i was gonna look down it was gonna be like 245 like shit i mean we haven't been recording for an hour and 45 minutes it don't feel like that long it flowed well yeah it feels like just an hour i know I mean, we, did we even talk about everything we wanted to talk about? I mean, we hit the main. The no, main. I think was uh, we still talked about Tyler Perry. Oh yeah, well I haven't even. But I'm saying like, hang on, I'm not gonna force you to watch that <laughs> shitty ass fucking movie. I don't want to watch it now so I can talk <laughs> shit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you might as well watch it so we can just rip the fuck out of it in true suburban fashion. Mm, yeah. I yeah. want to go. Yeah, time just flew. Yep. I mean, we also did have to put this desk uh, desk yeah. together. Yeah. So that did eat up our time. But anyway. So what time you go to work? Um, five. I'm gonna go home and get ready real quick. Real quick. So thank you guys for tuning in today to Suburban Pod. If you would like to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at curvy brown girl and you can find me at a kid named chips some of our music today was provided by our good friend Corey battle you can follow him on soundcloud at djc battle